We work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. We work with people we have a direct relationship while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. I personally move my endorsement from turnkey rentals to syndications as my net worth has grown. However, the downside of many of these deals is that you need at least $50,000 to invest, and the frequency of deals that meet my criteria is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassivecashflow.com slash OFUND and learn how I always have cash on hand by using the American Home Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making a double-digit return. I have been investing in AHP since 2016. AHP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where collectively the fund and investors like you pull their money together and get great bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a bump in the economy come, because this is where there will be even more distressed inventory for AHP to purchase. The American Home Preservation Fund aims to keep people in their homes so you can make a 10% return while making a positive social impact. Invest in as little as $100 by going to ahpservicing.com investors. And if you want the free Burn Zone book and learn about George Newberry's story, please send me an email at lane at simplepassacashflow.com. I like to buy stuff. Well, that's a liability. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hello, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. This is episode 200. Now, we're not going to have another drunken episode like episode 100, but I still wanted to get to you guys to know me a little bit better if you've been new to the podcast or listening from the start since I started this podcast in 2016. In the last a year and a half or so, our Hui Deal Pipeline Club, which if you want to join us, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club, has raised over $30 million to go and acquire over a quarter billion dollars of real estate. We are currently in way over 3,500 units, and um, we'll see what we keep doing in the future. I think we'll still pick up deals at cash flow, and um, I think we're pretty good in in the face of a recession. To join us and um, join also our networking to go to simplepassacashflow.com slash club. And something I'm even more proud of is uh, creating our community. A lot of us got together back in February, what I call the Hui 3 multi-day, I think it was three or four days of masterminding in Hawaii, and we'll probably do the same thing in 2021, probably Martha Luther King weekend. If you guys want to check out the highlight video, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash hui3 and check that out. And um, here I go reading my chapter. This is Audible. The Engineer Who Escaped the Rat Race and Achieved Escape Velocity by Lane Kawaoka. I walked a linear path for much of my life. Raised as part of disappearing middle class, programmed me to study hard in school, checking the boxes on extracurricular activities, cramming for the SATs and getting a high GPA to get into college, all to live a practical life. Growing up, we were told to waste nothing and turn off the lights every time you leave a room. I still feel guilty to order a soft drink at a restaurant as opposed to tap water. In college, while all the cohorts were playing frisbee in the quad, I was stuck in the basement of the industrial engineering lab. What? Why was I not playing in the sun? B. 
because Google told me what the highest paid undergraduate professions were. Driving on autopilot for much of my early 20s, I went for a higher level master's degree and tested to become professionally licensed as an engineer for the job security. Upon entering corporate America, I spent my first five years of my career working for a for-profit private company as a construction supervisor, managing a bunch of entitled journeymen who were older than my parents. Facing the rigors of junior-level employment, I played my role as a young guy traveling 100% of the time for my company, sacrificing quality of life as I navigated the operational clusters, toxic management, and other backstabbing pawns in the company. I have a lot of scar tissue from the decade of working for the man, not to mention building someone else's dream. You tell me how engaged you would be if meeting protocol was to sit next to your supervisor and not speak unless directly instructed to, or if you were asked to address a director two levels up by Mr. or Mrs. title. One day, an internal company email went out notifying of a friend-slash-ex-direct report who had died in a work accident. My boss was uncompassionate about the situation, looking out for the big bad machine first, mostly his annual bonus and agenda. This really put things into perspective for me. As a corporate road warrior, it was novel being on company expenses all the time and maxing out on airline and hotel points. But you could only have steak and lobster so many times. The only people who cared about my platinum status were the other suckers in first class who were working for the paycheck or an acceptable quarterly review. Although I am grateful that I had a well-paying job post-2008 recession, I traded the most important resource, time for money. The linear path instilled delayed gratification. Living below my means and an overall scarcity mentality of saving money instead of earning more, being more. I was entranced by the pervasive Wall Street marketing to blindly put money into a company-sponsored 401k plan only to hope and pray that compound interest would carry me to a secure retirement. Let's not even talk about the student loans I had. I knew where this path was going. I mean, I did the math and it told me so. This is my story of how I freed myself financially, how I took ownership of my life's direction, and the series of events that allowed me to find my calling. Seeing the Economic Matrix A steady diet of ramen noodles and a free birthday latte per year made it possible in 2009 to purchase my own home to live in. Being a bachelor who was only home on the weekends, I realized that having this large home was a waste of money. I made a decision to rent it out and become a real real estate investor. You might be thinking that this was the big change. But at the time, it was simply a lot of beer money after collecting the rents and paying the mortgage. I don't know if it was the beer or being love drunk with cash flow, but I opted out of the linear path in my early 20s. From that point, I devoured podcasts, books, and other online forums on every keyword iteration of passive real estate investing. At a few hundred dollars of passive cash flow per home, the process was simple. Buy a rental property where the income exceeded the expenses in the mortgage, then rinse, wash, repeat. Like a space shuttle that accelerates through gravity and escapes the atmosphere in zero G, this was my way to financial freedom. Up to that point, 
The biggest breakthrough in my life was discovering the MP3 format that compressed and played music digitally in my teens. Using this intellectual technology, I progressed intentionally to 11 rentals in 2016. At that time, a few of my friends wondered why my ramen noodle dialect was being replaced by Starbucks, coffee, and yummy double bacon and egg breakfast sandwiches. They wanted a piece of the action too. Duh, it was about seven years later since the little red hen who did all the work by herself. As much as I liked helping people, I got tired of answering the same questions. So what does any other late Gen X millennial do but start a blog? Unfortunately, the words I write, even if spelled correctly, do not usually make proper statements in English. So I uploaded my simple passive casual podcast to iTunes where I could ramble and honestly talk about what I was going through as an investor. I began living more consciously, opting into more meaningful engagements with people and projects, and searching for meaning and purpose. It was be- I was beginning to ask myself, after sitting on the beach with my unlimited supply of pina coladas, and time, then what? Needless to say, my motivation for working in a hostile work environment that I once tolerated dwindled. So I switched to work in the nonprofit public sector. I started to see the economic matrix where people essentially traded time for money and the rich let others build their dreams. Being an introvert, I was paradoxically energized to see my audience grow as I began in-person meetings and online groups I sponsored. I provided hundreds of free coaching sessions to guide newbie investors. With my engineering background and a little bro science, I saw patterns arise in the stories from well-paid professionals who were led into an unfulfilling life unaligned with their passions. Abolitionist Henry David Thoreau said, The mass of men lead lives of quiet desperation and go to the grave with the song still in them. People do not have any time to look inwards and are consistently living with anxiety and self-doubts because they are working like machines in order to meet their basic needs without the financial freedom to find their true passion. Why did so much hard work lead to financial scarcity and lack of fulfillment? This self-searching group of hardworking professionals searching for more all had a common thread. A moment that pushed them over the edge and made them realize that the path they were on was unacceptable. These are some of the tipping points that I've gained from my many chats with investors. Seeing younger, less experienced workers get red circled as future management and advancement through the company fast track. Being fired to cover up shortcomings in a budget. Internal theft by upper management. An affair by a superior led to bankruptcy of a startup company affecting many innocent employees. Chronic drain of working with deadbeats. Getting lost in office politics of getting your objectives completed when they do not align with your boss's objectives. A retirement party for a co-worker is catered with crappy Chinese noodles due to the cost control. When you don't get the job because you don't have enough gray hair. When you don't get the job because you have too much gray hair. Being criticized for not being business savvy from those who live paycheck to paycheck themselves. 
when you have a personal portfolio of a few hundred rental units. That was me. Sitting through endless meetings that should have been suffice with an email. Circle jerk meetings where the boss's dumb ideas are exalted by their minions. When your boss with no technical experience misuses terms like artificial intelligence, big data, machine learning, and deep learning. Being enslaved with the golden handcuffs. Seeing an ambulance come to the offense routinely during the layoff season. Being around the negative W-2 work worker speak and adopting the prevailing victim mentality. The road warrior gets an early quit on Friday only to see the spouse at home with the pool boy. Watching your friends receive the Seiko stainless steel watch retirement. GIF. If you found a calling in something you are good at and truly love doing, good for you. Keep doing what you are doing and consider yourself lucky. If you relate to any of the moments above, read on. The One Idea My online journal, my podcast, resulted in many emails of gratitude and acknowledgement because I was empowering people with the how-to and inspiring them to take the leap of faith to change their financial life forever. I suspect that most effective part of my message was showing people that if me, a little awkward engineer, could do it, how bad could it be? I started uploading my peer group, and through osmosis, this brought me to a Tony Robbins event where I literally walked on burning coals. There were a multitude of top-down and bottom techniques Tony Robbins spoke about during the intensive four-day event. One of the lessons was things happen for a reason, and boy, was I glad I did not leave to use the restroom when he outlined the six human needs. Number one, growth. Two, contribution. Three, significance. Four, uncertainty. Five, uh, certainty. And six, love and connection. Here was the game-changing moment. Tony Robbins said, the most important thing is contribution because the secret to living is giving. If you catch on to that, you realize that there's nothing you can get that comes close to what you can give Life is calling all of us to be more than just about ourselves. And that is when we get that spiritual hit. Apparently, Mr. Robbins did not endorse the mission of sitting on the beach with unlimited supply of pina coladas and taking food porn pictures while gallivanting the world as a tourist, like many of these other financial independent guys out there. Nor did he support playing it safe with a bunch of passive investments. Later that Easter, I was baptized and the message was to go forth and help others. Then another of my mentors, real estate legend Robert Helms said, When you are successful, you have an obligation to send the elevator back down. I made it to my penthouse and now this elevator I'm going to send back down to help other folks. We all have a finite time on earth an empty canvas to create a legacy. This is one my shot. Opting out of the linear path was not about getting financially free and sailing off into the sunset, but it was about standing up for change and creating the greatest impact. The fan mail all followed a common thread of pain. Many hardworking professionals who are busting their butt on the linear path are being misled down a comfortable life of unfulfillment. Many of them are enslaved by the golden handcuffs. 
running in the hamster wheel of the day job, working for somebody else. Some, like doctors, lawyers, dentists, accountants, and engineers, make more money to get the big house and nice car. But in the end, they are just a bigger hamster. The dogma of Wall Street, buy and pray method, is a cover-up to insidiously steal investment returns from people who are doing all the work. Life is a three-phase screw job. Phase one, you enter the workforce with the worst jobs and the lowest pay. Time is abundant. Phase two, when marriage and kids enter the picture and alien grandparents too, this is the time when one should be excelling at their time-consuming career. Money is abundant. Phase three, your teenage kids hate your guts and your health starts to fail. Time is abundant. The next chapter. My mission is to teach and empower good people to realize the powerful wealth building effects of real estate so they can spend their time on more important ventures and passions instead of working long hours and worrying about their financial troubles. In real estate, we use leverage and by teaching others, I am leveraging other people to achieve their financial goals in hopes that they will too send the elevator back down for the next person. SimplePassiveCashflow.com seeks to educate those looking for diversification and better returns outside the traditional investments such as mutual funds and stocks. This is part of a large effort to redirect billions of dollars going to the corrupt Wall Street roller coaster and help the shrinking middle class find safer and more profitable investments in projects that benefit Main Street, such as affordable workforce housing rather than luxury housing for the rich. The true meaning of wealth is having the freedom to do what you want, when you want, and with whom you want. Building cash flow via real estate is the simple part. The difficult part occurs after you are financially free to find your calling and fulfillment. But that's a great problem to have. And if you guys haven't yet, please book a call with me. I'd like to get to know all my investors personally. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we've never connected. Shoot me an email at lane at simple passive cash flow and I'd like to hear from you. Aloha. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.